what up, Javelina goblins and ghouls? We're three weeks out from the Javelina 100, and I'm back with another Javelina mini-series on the Steep Life Media Podcast. Who am I? I'm Shelby Farrell, SoCal-based runner and Air Vipa fangirl, going after my second 100-miler this year at the 2021 Javelina 100. If you listened to the episode last week with Catcher Corbett, then you know that I was fortunate to get some playtime on the John Muir Trail recently, clocking 62 miles around 15,000 feet of climbing over 33 hours. I'm feeling pretty confident when it comes to time on feet. I'm also very thankful that the Javelina course stays below 2,500 feet because that altitude in the Sierra Nevada is a lung crusher. And I believe this was recently updated on the race website. The 100 mile course is only 6,795 feet of elevation gain. Not flat, but better than 15K. Anyways, the JMT was an exceptional adventure and ultimately more mental training than anything. Create my Instagram at shelbsf, that's two Zs, if you want to learn more about what my training is looking like. This week, we have Tessa Chesser on the podcast. Tessa is an Air Vipa racing team member. She runs for Kraft. And as you'll hear, she's an all-around badass, ready to lay it all out on the desert on the 30th. Fun fact, we have a mutual friend, her roommate Vanessa, who I met in the wild not too long ago. But I've never met Tessa before. So let's get into it. Hey, Tessa. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so good. I'm good. So yeah, I met your roommate very recently on a hike up Mount Baldy out here in Southern California. And, and then I found out through emailing you and social media that she's your roommate and she just moved to Flagstaff to be with you. So that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Super wild. Um, we met a couple of years ago, pretty uh, at Trans Rockies actually, and it's kind of organic. Uh, we were, I was, my partner and I at the time were, you know, doing the Trans Rockies thing, and and Ness and Bree were basically like, "Hey, do you guys want a hotel? Get a hotel room?" <laughs> and uh, we were basically like, uh, "Hell yeah, we do," because. We did the six day, 120 mile um, event. And then Ness came and visited. Oh, I think it was not last year, but the year before uh, when the pandemic kind of hit. And then from there, we've just kind of always been in touch and we're kind of the same person in, in a lot of ways. And so she called me. Oh, she called me a couple months ago and we both have our were in transitions uh, in life. And so I was moving back, I was moving back to flag out of mammoth and she was, um, able to get out of LA. And so, yeah, we just, she just moved in and we've been on the train ever since. That is so cool. It's so cool. So she's going to pace you for Havelina, I think. Right. She'll be part of the crew. Yeah. She'll be part of the crew. I have, I have, um, I have a couple other pacers that'll be, that'll be pacing me at, at that event. Um, but she's definitely going to be part of the crew. Um, and just, I mean, her soul, body, spirit, and one will be there along with some other people bring, we're bringing a mammoth crew in, in town for this. So, um, it should be pretty special. Cool. Yeah. How many people do you plan on having in your party? 
I just, <laughs> oh shit, I just started the text train. Well, I started the text text train probably 30 days ago. And then I like reignited it because I thought to myself like, okay, Tess, like you got to like get your shit together here and, and start um, kind of putting some plans in place. And so there'll probably be around seven to eight people, obviously with two, I think, pacers. And then the rest, as far as just like crew and, and um, folks that are hanging out but everyone will have like a purpose, whether it's just like energy, um, smiles, et cetera, but everyone will have a little bit of a purpose there, but yeah, it's really, really fun. I'm looking forward to it. I've been to Havelina. Oh, I think like the last like two or three years. So, um, experienced with it and, um, excited about it. So that'll be fun. Yeah. It's such a great race. Were you there last year? I was there. I raced last year, like the night race. I think it was the Friday night race, I want to say. And then I hung out a little bit during the day um, last year, but then the year prior, um, or I guess the, maybe two years prior, but um, I have been there a couple of times for sure. Yeah. It's super fun. I did it last year. It was my first hundred and I couldn't have asked for a better hundred mile experience. Like just the, the vibe encouraged me to have fun and and in the end I think I succeeded because I was enjoying myself and all the costumes and great energy out in the desert (laughs) yeah did you dress up I did I was a unicorn I wore a tutu for all five loops and I wore my unicorn horn for I think at least three of them (laughs) all right very nice yeah there's like one picture where I I remember it fell off at one point while I was running and I like ran back to get it and I must have put it on backwards which didn't really make that much of a difference because it was a unicorn horn headband but you can see in like my selfies that I was taking while out there that I had put it on backwards and so got it funny that's awesome shit's uh getting crazy out here she's got her (laughs) unicorn horn on backwards people watch out it's getting hot it's getting hot (laughs) yeah so that's fun um I only had my husband out there last year and I plan on having at least a pacer and another mutual friend of Vanessa and I think you know her too Rhea uh, is going to be my crew chief. So I don't know, may- maybe I'll convince some other people to come hang with us, but it'll be nice having more than just one person. And they had like wanted us to keep things smaller because it was, you know, deep in COVID time. So yeah, it'd be cool to have a true pit crew ready to keep my wheels on. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So like last year, first hundred miler, I changed my shoes several times because I just, I don't know. I wanted to, and it it felt good. Um, tell me about your shoes. Um, so, so I'm really excited because craft craft has a couple of different options right now. They have a brand new race rebel, which, um, here in Flagstaff, Tommy rivers, um, has, has had a massive involvement with craft, um, as far as their design platform specifically on their shoes. And so there's a couple of different debuts that may come out on that day. One might be that race rebel. It, it definitely has a carbon plate in it and it's super light and just, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It looks pretty, looks pretty great on as well, but, but are those, um, those zebra looking ones. 
those were kind of the first rendition, but there's a new one that's coming out that's more of a road. Um, it's called The Race Rebel and it's a road, uh, which could be used, I would say, out in the McDowell's, even though like half of that half of that track is um, kind of rocky, half of that track is buffed out. But that's an option. And then also the CTMs, um, the CTMs without the actual carbon plate in them is another option that I'm really leaning into for this race. Because uh, again, there's there the shoe itself doesn't um, have a ton of uh you know like technical inputs to it but that course as i said is meant to be just so fast so the craft shoes will be a really um beautiful thing to have on your feet my feet i guess <laughs> yeah i haven't ran with trail shoes with a carbon plate but i really i think i'm gonna get my hands on a pair of the adidas terex agravic ultra their new trail shoe and i don't know i'm excited to feel what that plate does for me Nice. Yeah. Mm, should be fun. I don't, I don't think I'll change my shoes as much as I did my first year though. That was probably a little bit of a waste of time, but you know, my feet were happy. So that is important. That's super important. Yeah. What, so what races have you done in the past year out in Arizona? Do you participate in a lot of Aravipa's events? Yeah. Yes. So this year in particular, I kind of, um, I, I've definitely done quite a few Aravipa events and, and in the beginning of the year, I had a, I've had a pretty significant build. I raced January, February, March, April, um, short, long, short, long. So that was, I want to say it was Santan and then it was Black Canyon and then it was the dam race. And then I did Canyons 100K. And then after Canyons, um, after canyons, I took a little bit of time off and then I was just in Sweden for ultra Boston, which is a 45 K and a 90 K. And I, I did the 45 K. Um, and then that essentially is a stepping stone or I guess a, a foundation for Havelina, um, minus a couple big, couple big missions in the training plan building up for Havelina, which I, which ultimately has been happening over the last a couple of weeks leading into probably the next like two weeks will be pretty big. And then we'll start to, then we'll start to kind of take things down a notch. Um, I have a really beautiful coach. His name is Terry. And so he ultimately just tells me what to do and I do it. <laughs> so it makes things pretty seamless when, when you have to work full time too. So, um, so anyways, he's a beautiful human. He is, he's a great, um, he's great uh, he builds in beautiful training blocks. And so anyhow, yeah, it should be, uh, it should be a good time. Yeah. I really like the sound of that long, short, long, short race strategy too, that it probably, I don't know, probably felt good. Did you feel yourself improving each event too? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, when you're, when you're in a local, when you're in local events, it's a little bit of a different atmosphere than when you're uh, in non-local events. Um, and so for me this year in particular with more of the local events, 
I'm, I'm, this is going to make me sound really freaking bougie, but it's, I'm, I'm trying to go after like in local events, like course records. And the goal is, is like, if I'm going to go race Santan or if I'm going to go race dam race, or if I'm going to go race some local, more local event through air Vipa, I'm going to on a short, on the shorter distances, I'm going to try and go after the course record. I mean, I'm going to give it hell to, to, to do so. And that's going to make me maybe sound a little bit cocky, but the goal of that race is to the goals of those like local races is to set up, is to set myself up um, mentally, physically, spiritually for those long haul big races. Because if you can run, you know, a shorter race, which is like, let's say 20 miles at, you know, 730 pace, hypothetically on a trail, then it should be a great conduit for longer distances because you don't have to run that fast, right? That is the ultimate goal. And by all means, like I'm sitting here saying this and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, girl, but then there's like heat and, oh, by the way, there's like, uh, your stomach and, oh, by the way, there's blisters and just time on feet and everything else that are, that are nuances in which you can't always, um, that sometimes shit just happens, you know? So, so anyways, my point though is, is the local races have a, have a purpose. The longer races, um, the longer races are set up for success by these shorter races, in my opinion, with working with my coach. Yeah, no. And that makes a lot of sense. I think I've gone after a couple FKTs and it's kind of the same mindset. Like every course has an FKT. So if you're out there and you've been working for it, why not give it your best shot, you know, for see sure. where that puts you. So I love that. That's where you're setting your mind as you approach these races. Like that's rad. Have you, have you succeeded in uh, breaking any of those course records? I have. Yeah. 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 Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the local ones for sure. The local ones. I think I have Santan. I think I have the damn race. I don't know what else is out there, but I, I, yes, yes. (laughs) That's awesome. You're allowed to sound as bougie as you want. You're charging and that's what we're here to talk about. So that's awesome. Very cool. Tessa. So like, okay. You mentioned heat being local. Like what is it with Havelina that you think, could get you. Oof. Honestly, if I'm really real, I'm not even going into that hole or that rabbit space, that like rabbit hole uh, at all in that mind chair. Like I refuse to uh, think that there's going to be any form of challenge for this particular race. I mean, because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it hell. And that's the goal. Like the goal is, is to be the, the baddest mamma jamma on that starting line to race my race race thoughtfully, but I want to win. <laughs> I mean, I want to fucking win. And so I'm going to do everything I can in my mental power, assuming that my body is physically prepped for it um, to make sure that that is what happens. And that's, that is meant to that being able to put that out into the atmosphere or into the world and, and have that type of statement is meant to be burly, right? Like it's meant for me to, to, to walk up there with that confidence. And, and truthfully, 
that can translate to anybody. And what I mean by that specifically is, is like, we all have our own burly and, and, and sometimes it gets buried a little bit deeper than we want. And mine, mine was buried for, for quite some time and it's, and it's finally come back and shown its beautiful face. And so I want to convey that there will be nothing that will stop me in this particular race, unless you have to literally peel me off of the dirt. Floor, and uh, and you know, put me in a stretcher. Like I, I'm mentally amped, more amped than I probably have been in a really long time to race. Yeah, girl, get burly. Great attitude, and <laughs> yeah, I think that we could dwell on all of the random shit that could go wrong because that's what ultra running is ultimately. But it's about how you face it. It's how you show up that day, and sounds like you've been fine-tuning your mind to show up just ready to beat that shit into the ground so kudos (laughs) Kudos. I love that (laughs) yeah so food food's fun to talk about yeah what's your favorite food to eat while you're out there with a race like this it will be um spring Rafal love spring whoop whoop Give, give out some spring shouts. <laughs> um, in addition, in addition with some supplemental liquid calories, um, in addition to some supplemental liquid calories with gel um, in with caffeine. Um, and there's a time and place. I think that that formula is works differently for everybody, but my, my formula um, my formula is often <laughs> um often doses of calories, um, probably every 25 minutes or so, 20 to 25 minutes. And by all means, like that's you, people are probably going to listen to this and be like, Oh my God. And it's not like I'm taking a full gel per se every like 20 minutes, but it's that intake, that intake is, is consistent and constant. Um, especially when you are double dosing between gel calories and liquid calories with, with caffeine. Yeah. No, that sounds good. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, it sounds like you do a good job staying on top of it. It's when, when you don't that trouble ensues. So yeah, 100%. And this is a runnable race also. So like that, because this is a runnable race, it's not, um, I won't, I personally won't be having a ton of like solid foods, I guess is the best way to say it. I I don't intend to have a ton of solid. Now, mind you, I will have some, um, I will have like a buffet I'm sure of, of 90,000 different things, um, for options, but in general, I I'm pretty consistent and I stick, I definitely stick with what I know works. Um, I definitely stick with what I know works. And since this is runnable and hot, uh, I think for a lot of people, the stomach might be uh, one of the first things to go, but um, thankfully there's been a lot of opportunity to test out <laughs> some things. Uh, so it should, I should be okay. Um, I should be okay. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no should. You're going to be great. Um, yeah. And you mentioned caffeine. I've Last year, I think I cut caffeine out for about a month before Havelina, and then I waited until sometime early in loop two. I wanted to try to get through two full loops without caffeine, but I was so excited to get that jolt. So I just couldn't hold off. But do you ever do that strategy of cutting caffeine leading up to an event and kind of waiting to take it? 
in the actual race itself, I definitely weighed a little bit. Um, I definitely weighed a little bit, not quite halfway, but um, a little bit pre halfway, I guess, in an event um, is when I'll start to dose it in. And then as the race progresses, it seems like the caffeination seems to get more and more, more and more. But, um, but anyways, yes, yeah, so I'll start taking it for a hundred mile race. I'll probably take it around like 40 or so, and, and then work, work my way through the rest of the race with it. Um, and then as far as reducing caffeine beforehand, I, I might a little bit on this. I don't drink a ton of caffeine to begin with, though I do probably drink one to two cups of coffee a day. And so if I'm honest, that probably won't go down that much just because, um, well, work, life, all those other things. And let's be real, like coffee is a beautiful thing. So uh, yeah. I'd rather not remove <laughs> right you know I don't have to it sucks like the few times that I have cut it out it's like the first week just you feel like garbage yeah I'm good on feeling like hot garbage right now so yeah yeah (laughs) like I just gotta squeeze time to you know work 40 hours a week and run 100 miles a week so caffeine is basically god (laughs) just kidding (laughs) so Yeah, I feel you on all of that. What about music? Do you run with music? Oh, girl, do I <laughs> run with music? I do yes. run with music. I don't run with music every time for this race. Oof, I have a I have like I have a playlist that has been that has been going for a really long time. And, and it depends on the mood of, of like, you know, how you have like your liked songs within Spotify. And I always laugh a little bit because my like, my like song playlist is always like in segments of like genres of music because you get into like that mood and I'm like, Oh, that's it right now. Like I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling that fire. And so anyways, so I'll have a different, I'll have like different playlists within like one playlist. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. I, I can't say it's a mistake. I think it's actually been a good thing. I started sharing my Spotify account with my husband and now I have like just some wild stuff on my running playlist. (laughs) Like screamo type stuff. Yeah. We got a little bit of that one. I just like pulled up the list to see like which random song pops up first. I don't know. Like um, white zombie and um, yeah this playlist is not the one I want to look for yeah I need a new playlist this is what I'm, I'm realizing while we talk like I have been listening to a lot of the same stuff on repeat um, like I made a running playlist a while ago and it's kind of keeps coming back oh yeah there's some ministry tribe called red love tribe called red but Pantera every now and then one of his songs will come on and I'm like yeah okay now we're, <laughs> we're in it so. Ooh, that's awesome so definitely different genres I mean I'm I'm like on the Riz V, I'm on the Rufus I'm on the Ooh. J. Cole I'm on the 070 Shake I mean if you if you follow my gram I typically try and post like one to three songs a day and it's really fascinating because I have had people I've had people reach out to me and be like girl that song that you shared what a banger you know and I I think it's um 
I think it's great because I, you know, in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm just going to share this out into the interweb universe of people and hope to God that maybe like they'll get the same feeling that I'm getting from listening to it. Um, but people do. It's really kind of cool. It's been kind of fun to like see people um, resonate. Yeah. Okay. So you're Tessa Chessa on the gram. If people want some music inspo, I'm definitely going to start looking for that because yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place too. Like I think when I started running, this sounds lame, but it's not lame. It was fun. And it got me through a lot of long runs. I was listening to a lot of uh, Pitbull radio on Pandora. It was to the point that I was getting commercials in Spanish though. So um, I've, I've mixed it up and diversified quite a bit since those early training days. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, that was another thing I tried doing last year at Havelina. I didn't allow myself listening to music until lap two. And, um, I don't know if I need to play those mind games with myself this year. We'll see. Yeah, because pacers are what the la- are allowed the last two laps. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then you have somebody to talk to you at least. I might yeah. not. I might not want to talk to them. It'll depend. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. I only recently had a run where I had to tell this girl like, and it was a, a new a new friend too. Um, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I love talking when I'm running, but. I need to push this one through right now. So just, uh, you can talk and listen to me breathe. Sorry. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) She understood. She was super cool about it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I swear I'm usually way more fun and social, but not, not today, friend. (laughs) Going for time. I get that. Yeah. Is there any, okay. Other gear that we're going to need out there hydration obviously last year there were a lot of runners with handhelds i i don't like holding things when i run so probably not going to go handheld yeah i actually haven't thought that much about it quite yet i mean i i get um support with solomon hydration so I definitely get support from them. I love their packs. They have some new female specific ones out there. And so those ones are kind of nice because they, they sit well on the female body instead of having uh, so much unisex um, out there. So that's pretty exciting, but I'll be honest with you. I haven't like you, I don't always love to have things in my hand. Um, though it just depends, right? That distance is so long that I, I honestly most likely will end up switching it up at some point just because because that distance is so long. You're just, something in general is going to get tired. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's going to be points where we need lights. Um, I know mm. I use a Kagala light, so I typically mm. strap that onto the front of a vest, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you use for lighting up the trail at night yeah I have a, a Kogal as well but I actually don't use it um I love it I I love it um if I'm like pacing somebody or something like that but it's kind of same idea having um having something sit lower on me um kind of has a tendency to bug, bug my intestines for whatever reason um though I under I hear you when you say you strap it across kind of like the front pack of it but anyways I'm pretty simple <laughs> and I've run I have also ran a lot at night in general so 
um, I typically will just go with like a pretty good headlamp and we shouldn't hopefully be running that much at night. Though right. there will be some. There will be some. I haven't, I haven't looked. I'm not sure if our wave start times have been released yet. Haven't seen that. So haven't done the math on that yet. Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I last last year, once the sun set, it was, I don't know, it was like a whole new run. <laughs> the desert awakens. Yeah. Have you ever hallucinated on a run before? <laughs> uh, let me think about how I want to answer <laughs> that. <laughs> let me think about how I want to answer that. Um, yes. Yes, I have. Was it because I was super duper fatigued? Mm, probably not. But to keep things general, yes, I have. <laughs> That's amazing. Anything cool come out of that hallucination? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, <clears throat> I don't want to say this, I'm trying to be like thoughtful here. Um, you know, I, hi- I highly recommend people dig deeper, deeper into those spaces because I think when you come out of it, I think it, I think it gives a new perspective on life and whether you're doing that with hallucinogenics, whether you're doing that because you've gone way deep into the well, whatever the reasons are. um, I just think coming, coming out of the other side or coming through to the other side can really change your perspective in general, Um, especially right now, as we're still navigating kind of the turbulence of the day-to-day of the world in which we live in. And so, um, so anyways, I'm a big advocate, big proponent for, for, um, for those ideas and, um, happy to talk about it more in depth, maybe not on a platform like this, but in general, for sure. Yeah, totally. I'd love to see some desert fairies. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I mean, cactuses come alive, that's for sure. And, and, and I don't think they're scary. I mean, I'm from the desert, I'm from the Southwest. So I don't think any of that stuff is scary. But I think the cactuses come alive. I think that the single track um, is not straight or less linear. <laughs> so um, next thing you know, you feel, you feel like you're trying to navigate this like straight single track, but really it's like an Alice in Wonderland kind of feeling, but like not really, right? Everything's a bit, it's not quite so like eccentric, it's muted, but but the colors are not, right? The colors and the feeling and the vibrance is not. Um, so anyways, my point is, is I highly recommend, I highly recommend people go down into the well. Yes. Dig deep because you never know what could happen in that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a wild place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of THC wall running, uh, training runs, of course, because, uh, we learned from, um, you know, what's her name? (laughs) The Olympic athlete that couldn't participate in track because of marijuana use. Mm-hmm. Her name's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't want to say it wrong. So I'm just going to not say it. But anyway, so yeah, no THC wall racing, but it's really great during training runs. It just, I feel like it helps I don't know, in a lot of different ways. 
deal with pain, get deep into that well, because you're just vibing with nature. It's a good place. Yeah. And hopefully with yourself, you know, hopefully with yourself as well. And I think that that's, I think that's when I referenced the statement of like, everybody, everybody should find their own personal burly, however means necessary. And if that is a requirement with THC on a training run, I mean, I think that there should be no judgment. Um, there should be no judgment pre, post, during, whatever, right? And I think that, I think that um, we're going to see. I think we're going to see THC become a little bit more. Um, since it has, I mean, it already is at this point, but I think we're going to start to see it become pretty acceptable, um, you know, across platforms like the Olympics and things of that nature. I mean, if you really take take a step back, I mean, what what does that mean about Advil and Tylenol, right? Like THC right? Is, is a component of said plant, and then you have Advil, you have Tylenol, you still have all these things that um, are meant to suppress pain or help, help, um, navigate like pain. And so anyways, I am an advocate. I'm an advocate, um, for going into the well, however means necessary, um, especially from things of this earth. Yes. And it was Shakari Richardson. The name came to me after I didn't feel like I was on a trivia show. So, um, (laughs) yeah, look up her story. Anybody listening, if you haven't heard it and you're interested in this topic, because it's a plant people, it's a plant, but I, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there because this is Airvipa's podcast and I need to be respectful. So yeah, running is fun. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the community is great. So when you're doing your training runs, are you often training with people or solo? Depends for sure. Um, it depends for sure. So um, I just moved back to Flagstaff from Mammoth. I had a really beautiful group of people in Mammoth um, who I run, who I ran with. Um, Danny Moreno, Hoka runner. She's an awesome human. I ran with her quite a bit. Um, there were some other folks, uh, Katie Asmith, Keith, Bentley, Madeline. There was just a really small, tight-knit group of folk. Um, Rod who just sent the FKT on the JMT, go Rod. Um, There's just a really good group of people in Mammoth and coming back to Flagstaff, having been gone for a year, um, coming back to Flagstaff in a little bit of a different space than when I was originally here prior, um, has opened up the door, has definitely opened up the door to um, not only reconnect with some amazing people, um, Jess, Lindsay, Alex, Heidi, you girls, and then some new people um, that have, that didn't really run a ton before, but are starting to get into it. And um, Meg, Nessa, even, you know, I think there's just, there's been a really cool opportunity coming back to um, expand and branch out to um, some of the girl community, but then also like there's wonderful guys here, you know, Matt, the Bellises, Matt Bellis, Drew. Anyways, yeah, so I think I saw an- a picture of you and Drew Phrase. Uh, I met him during Cocodona. He is such a sweet dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, anyways, to stop rattling off names and really answer the question, I run with people. um, I run with people on whether it's like my second run of the day or if it's a recovery run, I'll typically run with people. If it's a workout, um, I, I will run with specific people or not run at all. And then if it's a longer run, Sometimes I'll try and recruit people, but also I appreciate a solo mission. 
you know, I, I really appreciate a solo mission. I'm about to go do one on Saturday and it's meant to be solo, right? Like it's meant to be um, a very long distance, very hard, a uh, very hard route. And it's meant to be solo to make sure that like I can be in touch with that burliness um, and that I don't forget that, um, don't forget what that feeling feels like. So, um, so anyways, to answer your questions, it's about not 50, 50, but probably 60, 40, 70, 30 on the amount that I run solo versus with people. So more solo than with. Right on. How far are you going this weekend? I will be going around 30 to 34. Rad. So will that be your longest, your longest, like between now and Havelina, or do you plan on doing another 50K plus in the, we have about six weeks, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I've got six weeks. So um, that will probably be my longest heading into Havelina because I just raced 27 and a half miles at a very, at a pretty fast pace, um, in Sweden. And so that was mm, five weeks ago, I want to say. And so then we'll have this big long run on Saturday, um, in the grand Canyon. And then from there, then we'll start to just kind of refine that the, the rest of the build. Ooh, grand Canyon. That's going to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. talk about finding yourself like that's a place to do it in yeah yeah I right now right now um I lucked out I was just there two weeks ago I was just there two weeks ago and I had never seen rain in the canyon and I'm talking like I'm not talking like a downpour or a torrential downpour or anything like that but I'm talking like some like magic fucking fairy dust getting sprinkled within the canyon and you're running and you're at first thinking to yourself like it's 103 degrees down here and I think I'm going to die. And thank God that guy gave me a cliff bar because I didn't bring enough nutrition, (laughs) shame on me. But anyways, the next thing you know, like the freaking gods of the Grand Canyon opened up and it just started like spitting this magic (laughs) teardrop rain and became overcast enough to where you're, where you're not like, it went from like 103 to like 88 and you're just like, dang, I could get out of this. I can get out of this canyon much quicker than I had anticipated, given the, you know, triple degree weather and no longer having that. So um, anyways, that I had never experienced that experience in the canyon before. And I always tell people that every time you go down there, like every time you go in that freaking hole, you learn, you learn something new about yourself. So <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to be back down in there again this weekend. Um, I love it there. I think I think that Mammoth has a ton of beautiful beauty, but when you're a desert girl and you're from it, you want to be in it. And I I definitely missed uh, I missed a lot about being in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that sounds glorious. Did you sing? I feel like I would have started singing if I was in the Grand Canyon. Started raining. Mm. I don't know if or I said maybe yeah. just like a oh like arms out wide, yeah you know? I mean right now I've been on this like woof I Ness can attest to it but everything right now has been like either like woof or like woof and so <laughs> depending on said tone will denote like whether or not like woof <laughs> it's a Monday or like woof that rain girl 
Yeah, that's uh your your crew's gonna appreciate your tonal woofs because uh, I'll be able to know what mood you're in coming in on your loop. So it's oh, like you yeah. created your own little language there. Oh, Tessa. I'm pretty hundred percent, and I'm like ninety percent sure that like they'll like take one look at me and be like, oh fuck, her eyebrows are like not looking good right now. So like she's not feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows say it all. <laughs> Are so, you yeah. going to have a costume for this race? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I'll be in my craft kit. I'll be like in my craft kit, but um, I'm trying to figure out what kind of color scheme I'm putting together for that. I might look like rainbow sherbet, but, um, but, uh, but no, I won't have, I won't have a, a costume. I don't think. All right. It'll be a craft girl. That's your costume. That, that yeah. counts. One Halloween, not Halloween related, just like in real life. I, went for a run on Halloween because I was probably training for something and I wore like my most obnoxious running outfit basically and I ran through downtown Ventura California I was living there at the time and people were like oh she's dressed as a runner for Halloween and it was I don't know it was really funny in the moment like I had like a you know just like all of the nerdy runner things on at once um it was yeah it worked I don't think I'll I'm not gonna go that route for Havelina, but you know, just anybody listening who needs a Halloween costume, runner's not a bad option. It's comfortable <laughs> and you can escape zombies if they're chasing you. So right. And when <laughs> the important things in life. Right. <laughs> Is there anything that you'd want to tell somebody listening? that you know just some cool nugget of advice that either you created on your own or somebody once told you that you'd like to pass on I think that's a great question um I think it ebbs and I personally think that type of advice ebbs and flows with where with where I'm at within my personal life I think that if you Are, you know, if you're familiar with, with pretty real and raw. Um, and so, and so I say that because over the last, I think everyone's had a tough year, year and a half. And I, I think that that's myself included. And so, um, you know, I, when I talk about being burly, it was something that I ended up having to call my dad and be like, fuck dad. Like, I think I'm losing it right now. I've, I've been in, I've been in a dark path or a dark place before, but nowhere near what this feels like. <laughs> um, and it, it kind of took, it kind of took like a pretty solid swift kick in the butt to myself to get out of, to get out of that mindset. And for me, it, it also took a move. Um, it took a move and not to say that, like, I have any negativity the deer qualms or anything like that towards mammoth, but I, I needed, um, I needed to create a little bit of space. And, um, and that was a really beautiful thing, uh, for me, but I think what I would tell people right now is I think people are in some form of flux as to whether or not they have their footing. They're trying to find their footing. They need to get their footing. And, and for me, that means burly, right? Like I need to get my burly back or I have my burly back or my burly is now underneath me. And so I would say to folks listening out there that there is 
there is always inevitability with ebb and flow. And in those moments of one month to six months to, for me, a year and a half of figuring out how to fucking find that footing, um, I, I can tell you that it's not something that you just like wake up and have. It, it definitely took a support group and an army of people, but most importantly, it took it took the time to look at myself in the mirror and say, sister, you are a bone crusher. Let's wake up and conquer this day. And it took a lot of like self-convincing or faking it until finally, literally one day I woke up and made the decision of saying, I'm getting out of here and I'm moving. And once once that foundation or once that was foundationally a commitment, it everything else fell into place. And the 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 guiding light of confidence came progressively came back. And and I walk and I walk now, not with cockiness, but I walk now or I speak now with a level of passion and fire and intensity, but also kindness to myself. But really at the end of the day, when I go to bed, I know that the next day when I wake up, I'm that I'm going to have that feet underneath me. And I'm going to be that burly bitch that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm ready to conquer this day. And that's, that means whatever it means to me, which means it should mean, that means it should mean whatever for you. So like, if you are in the space of trying to navigate and you need somebody to help support you there call up somebody that can be real with you to say hey sister I just think you need to find that burly and once you find it I guarantee you you'll wake up the next day and your 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 pep in your step will come back may not be overnight but it certainly will come progressively and so approaching this race in particular I want every step of those 100 miles to be with poise and power and prowess because it's taken me a year and a half to figure out how to get it back. Tessa, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You <laughs> got very deep there and I, I really appreciate hearing, hearing that from you. Sounds like you've done an amazing job listening from within and externally to flourish into the badass beast that you are so congrats on that transformation thanks at the end of the day we're all humans and at the end of the day we all poop and at the end of the day (laughs) we're all special or we're not right like it's uh it's a really beautiful thing when you start to level out the playing field and and remember and start thinking to yourself like oh well I'm I'm just as badass as this person or I'm even more badass than this person or whatever not that it not that it's a comparison thing but it's ultimately how you should feel want to feel and feel inside yeah yeah and then just waking up and showing up for it you know so yeah takes work but does when you put it in it's pretty rewarding so yes it's fast it's magic man it's fucking magic dude you you cannot explain it but you know it when it's there and you feel it and once you feel it you never want it to leave (laughs) yeah yeah and I think that there's no better place to feel it than on a hundred mile race through the desert so 
with a with a fabulous group of people surrounding you yeah 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 so I'm it's just so cool talking to other people that have dug into this space and experience I don't know just like the magical qualities of trail running run it I mean running in general trail running and ultra running especially um it's it's pretty cool to share that journey even though different between each unique individual um I can feel what you're saying so thanks you bet yeah dude Tessa I can't wait to meet you in person and see Vanessa again and whoever else you have on your crew I'm sure they're all really awesome so um you hopefully we finish at a decent time and can party a little after because you sound like you'd be really fun to hang out with hell yeah and I'm in flag and uh I'm also in Flagstaff so if you're just down in what where do you live I'm in Redondo Beach um but I I ran Cocodona 250 last year and we finished in flag and I I gotta go back like that town is so fun Okay. So yeah. So come visit Ness and I, and you're welcome to stay. You can meet Luna bug and sugar, sugar, fucking coconut sugar. And, uh, um, (laughs) she's a pointer. So all you pointer people out there, you get what I'm saying when I say that she's a coconut, but, um, come visit anytime. And we'd love to, um, have you in the Chateau Swiss, the babe, wait, what's, but Ness, it's like, Chateau Swiss Babe Chateau Swiss? Swiss Babe Chateau. Hi, <laughs> Shelby. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> That's what we're calling the house because my it's off Swiss, but Swiss Babe Chateau. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a good name for your for your house, especially if yeah. you yeah, it sounds like you're in a cool place. So definitely yeah. deserves a good name. Yeah. That's rad. All right. We're gonna conclude this epic podcast interview and that's tessa everyone go follow her on instagram because she will give you all the good music recommendations and running inspiration love it thank you yeah if you weren't feeling competitive hopefully this episode helps bring out a bit of burly in you I'm so excited to meet Tessa in person and watch her do her thing out there. Be sure to check her out at Tessa Chessa on Instagram. And if you liked what you heard today, pop a little review on the Steep Life Media page. Thanks for listening. And may you enjoy your last bit of hard training before tapering. Woo woo. Let's go.